0: Well, welcome to another Scotland's Choice Westminster Roundup podcast with me, Drew Hendry, MP. And me, Brendan O'Hara, MP. And we're joined today by...
1: Amy Callahan, MP.
2: Alan Brown, MP for Commander Loudon.
0: And we've got quite a packed podcast, I think it's fair to say today, Brendan. Yeah, yeah. I think we do. We've got, uh, obviously, cost of living and energies on everybody's mind at the moment. Uh, we want to talk about the cause, it's the uh, International Women's Day this week. We want to talk about International Women's Day. We want to talk about what's happening here in the Commons over small boats and uh, what's been said today there's a lot to discuss on that and of course we've got more cronyism with Boris Johnson giving his uh, dad uh, honours and so forth as well so um but Brendan you wanted to start with small books don't you?
3: Yeah I, I think sometimes you see this place working well and you think yeah, this this is this is uh you know this can be this could be a progressive place etc cetera, etc cetera. Right. Very occasionally that happens. <laughs> it's quite far, wind, it's and far between. far eh? between. But <laughs> sometimes, and today was one of those those days where you see this place at its very, very, very worst. And the announcement today on small boats and the being mob... Sorry, just,
0: just to explain what the small boat says well, for sorry, people
3: that might it, not understand a, what It's saying. the immigration bill uh, which the, the government are bringing in basically to, they claim, stop small boats bringing fleeing refugees into the UK uh, is hideous. And the baying mob of Conservative MPs who stood up and supported Suella Braverman um, in her statement today was, was so... Do you know what, I just go as far as I say it was distressing. Mm. I actually had to leave the chamber because I was so angry mm. and so upset because we are heading, as a United Kingdom into a very, very,
0: very dangerous, horrible place. It is that. Some of the rhetoric there was just, you know, frankly shocking, wasn't it?
1: Absolutely. We should be making sure that beyond any reasonable doubt, people know that there is no such thing as an illegal asylum seeker. Hmm. I think it's absolutely ridiculous what this this government is doing. It's disgusting. You're
0: right. It's important to remember, you know, for people listening, that when we talk about asylum seekers, we're talking about people who are fleeing uh, from persecution,
1: theme war, famine, uh, persecution. War for, exactly, you
2: know? Yeah, in some cases, people actually helped the Western allies in Afghanistan. Worked for the British government, effectively, and now left stranded. Mm-hmm. No, no safe way to get to the UK. And
0: yeah. this is an ongoing problem, of course, for those British Council workers working with it, the, with the, the British military working with the UK government in Afghanistan, and there's still. Uh, Well over 100 of them that are stranded out there and in real um, danger uh, for their personal lives. But this small boats thing, the rhetoric around that.
3: And so they're they're, they're bringing a bill back on... They're bringing a bill in on Monday, um, which is going to essentially make it illegal. You know, if, if they have blocked off every legal route, almost without exception, and what they're saying now is that if you do take your life and the life of your children in in utter desperation and get on a boat and you get here. They will basically make you illegal and they will seek to deport you and they will guarantee that you will never achieve you know, the refugee status within the UK. They are tearing up every convention, international convention, that makes this a civilised country and makes us part of a civilised world, it's mm-hmm. that despicable. And the rhetoric and the tropes that were rolled out... Hundred, hundred million. was 100, 100 million? 100 million people <coughs> to come here. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a Secretary of State to say that, and then for the Vice Chair of the Conservative Party to talk about deporting rapists and all the rest of it, and you just think, you know, they are just as part of their wider culture war they know they can't win the next general election on their appalling record so what they're doing is they're importing the worst form of politics Mm -hmm. in order to divide Mm -hmm. the country and divide the people so badly that people will actually not vote in their economic interests they'll actually vote along these culture issues and
0: it is Shameful. the fear of
3: others. Oh, it's shameful. Just
1: on the, it's just like I just intervened on either.
0: there.
3: <laughs> the honourable gentleman um, give way? <laughs> <laughs> um, i
1: wouldn't
3: you say if I said no? <laughs> <laughs> I've
1: intervened that's my style, <laughs> Brendan. Uh, I think it's worth just adding that the Home Secretary is a liar. The stuff that she, she came with today was outright yeah. damn lies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's grossly unhelpful. Mm-hmm. No one would put themselves or their family, particularly their children or a small boat if the land was safer than the water. Yeah. yeah. These, these instances don't occur out of anything apart from sheer desperation.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll return to the cost of living crisis, but this is clearly what you've said, Brendan. It's a culture war. We've had rationing of food in the shops. We've got the cost of living crisis. People can't afford their energy bills. We've had thousands of people with prepayment meters forced on them. And the UK government's solution is to blame others mm-hmm. and grab headlines by doing so. Yeah. And that's what we need to remember. They're culpable for so much damage to this country, and they shouldn't be allowed to get away with that. And,
0: and, and it's worth looking at the fact that this is a distraction. It's a policy that's designed to throw red meat to the uh, to the, the to those people that might feel fear because they're going through hard times just now. And uh, you know, and it's reprehensible. It's in, in historical terms, it can lead to a very very dangerous path. Yeah. Uh, with it. But Alan, you, you bring us into quite a, a neat segue into the cost of living and, of course, the energy costs that people are facing just now. You've been dealing with this a lot uh, over the past uh, week or so in your role. So people in Scotland, certain parts of Scotland, are going to pay £1,000 more uh, for their bills than other parts of the UK.
2: Yeah, it's outrageous. We supply the majority of the renewable energy, renewable energy is the cheapest form of generation and yet we're still stuck paying the highest bills. Now, some of that does relate to the weather conditions we, we've we got, but that apart, there's so many other factors feed into that, just the way they do the charging mm-hmm. system, and it's completely unfair. Mm-hmm.
0: And, if, and of course, that's even if the uh, price guarantee, the energy price guarantee is kept at the same level.
2: Yeah, if it's and we've got to remember, if it's kept at the same level, we've still got 6.5 million households in Great Britain in fuel poverty. If if they do the increase they're talking about, it would go to over 8 million households. So, actually, just holding it at this average £2,500 isn't actually anything to celebrate because it's keeping so many households in fuel poverty. Mm-hmm. Hey, can I ask you? I mean, if all will have seen the headlines and they
3: may have not stopped and actually read the article, but in a couple of sentences,
2: why is it that Scotland is, could face those higher bills? So there's, there's two aspects. We have higher energy users just because of the climate. And that's one of the problems when you do use a yardstick and the yardstick's the average UK um, household energy bill. So clearly the average household bill is distorted by the population in England, the better weather in England, and it really is not the way to be analysing data. And really you've got to look at a, a, a more focused, need-based approach, which is clearly then mean, much greater support for Mm -hmm. the people in Scotland, Mm -hmm. suffering, especially in rural areas, particularly used guys, highlands and islands. Mm -hmm.
0: It's going, I think, for anybody that represents a rural part of Scotland, where you you look at the pylons, you look at the turbines, you look at the energy we're producing um, on our doorstep, and uh, it's coming back. And it's more expensive, particularly in the highlands, where we're still paying more Mm -hmm. per unit, and it's costing our uh, uh, renewable developments more to connect to the grid.
2: The energy injustice that we've suffered under the unions in Kedbo, when you think the rural areas, the highlands and islands, don't have gas grid, so many of them, so Scotland produces the oil and gas and exports it elsewhere, and yet our own citizens are suffering fuel poverty. Then along comes the renewable energy revolution, and it's the same again. We're creating the renewable energy, but we're doing it for the broad shoulders of the UK Mm -hmm. and our own citizens in these remote areas are still suffering. And you say, Drew, that the injustice of paying a higher unit rate Mm -hmm. for electricity, supposedly because it costs more to transport electricity to the islands, when it's actually going the other way, is utterly absurd. Yeah, I
3: mean, you you know yourself. If you drive up the entire peninsula, you cannot move for onshore wind turbines and they, they bring huge community benefit I don't doubt that at all but the the energy that is generated leaves these communities mm. and is then sent back to these communities and they're
2: paying through the nose mm. for that double journey it's it's absurd it, it's absurd and sure there are as you say some local community benefits but also this should be a long term strategy this mm-hmm. should be a long term holistic view and let's look at Upgrading homes, make them more energy efficient. You know, there should be some, you know, talking about the, obviously, there is the windfall levy coming in. Why isn't that windfall levy being used to sort out the energy crisis and actually use it to make it fairer for those who are watching that electricity getting exported elsewhere, get their homes up up to proper, uh, efficient standards, and actually help people become um, more. Well, help them decarbonise. Help them heat pump installations much better than what's been happening from the UK government, and just various initiatives to make people actually be able to afford to yeah, heat their homes.
3: Absolutely, you know as well as I do, Drew, that the, the housing stock in so many of our rural communities is very, very poor, substandard housing stock. But the unit cost of replacing those housing those houses is astronomical mm. compared to what you would pay in the city. And so there should be a mechanism whereby you can build affordable and sustainable eco-friendly houses in rural Scotland to reverse depopulation, to encourage people to go there. But at the moment, getting the land and the unit cost of building a house is just almost prohibitive. Mm. So there are so many innovative ways that we
2: should be looking at to do this. There is. There's so much. And again, sometimes people think, Oil and gas levy, bang on about that. But again, these are the things that shows all these years we're producing that energy surplus. Had you had the oil and gas levy, that's exactly the kind of things that could been done. You know, affordable housing, um, as I say, decarbonisation, just allowing people to be able to heat their homes. Another thing I've always thought about, and this might be a side issue in one way, but the energy revolution. Why, why are we still getting attacked about upgrading the nine? Why why did it take the SNP government to come in and build Aberdeen Bypass? Any normal country that was independent when they discovered oil and gas would have been, right, Joe Carrad's to Aberdeen or a motorway to Aberdeen. Joe Joe Carrad's way um, to Inverness uh, up to Cromarty Firth. You'd upgrade your transport links, your train links... All that should have been stuff that came with that energy revolution, but stuff that we're actually playing catch-up on, which is a tragedy, really. Well, it's interesting. I mean, we, we often use
0: Norway as an example because it's almost a carbon copy, if you'll pardon the, the pun with uh, with oil and gas, but it's almost a carbon copy of Scotland. And, you know, the oil was discovered in the 70s at the same time. They've obviously got the Sovereign Wealth Fund, which has generated a lot. But the other thing they've done is they've actually taken twice the tax take Um, that the UK government have done, even though Statoil is a state-owned company in in Norway, and they've reinvested that into renewable energy, so all their uh, exports just now are over and above their own needs. So energy has been a big, big issue, and it will be in the future as Scotland goes into hydrogen development and starts to lead
2: Uh, in that area. Absolutely. So Norway invested in hydro because they wanted renewable energy. massive electric vehicle revolution so they're far 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 ahead of the united kingdom mm-hmm. much better insulated homes um, heat networks different things we've got much much more efficient heating systems and they've still got the largest sovereign wealth fund mm-hmm. in the world Thanks. it's incredible they're actually also now leading in hydrogen and carbon capture and storage so we keep here in the uk we're world leaders no we're actually starting to lag behind mm-hmm. and it's Again, small independent countries like Norway that have got ambition. I was also over on a trip to Brussels last week uh, with the Bay Select Committee and we're hearing the what Belgium's doing to move ahead in hydrogen and looking at um, where, where they can actually um, store carbon dioxide. So the UK government really needs to get a grip, which in a way t- t- takes us back full circle. They're too busy blaming others and doing the culture war than getting on with the day job and actually doing stuff mm. that's going to create long-term benefits for the people stay
0: here. And, and you know, we've we we uh, we've got a visitation from this week from the WASPy women uh, coming down here, another one group that have been uh, sidelined in terms of the UK government policy over pensions. And, uh, you know, the, what we what we found uh, here as we're talking about this cost-of-living thing is that people are being pressured. But that takes me neatly, I think, talking about the WASPy women who are coming here, takes me neatly to International Women's Day, uh, because... Obviously, this is the, uh, the 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 week where uh, that's celebrated around the world. Very important thing. You've uh, you've brought your own special woman with you, haven't you?
1: Yes, yeah, so yeah. I brought my wee maiden woman down to London with me this week. So my mum is down with me, yes. who I usually spend International Women's Day with both my mum and my gran. So
0: mm-hmm. I think
1: it's really important we celebrate women in all in all capacities—in our family, and our friends, and our colleagues, and in our political leaders as well. And um, so I'm delighted to be spending it spending it with my mum this year, and with the Waspy women. I think it's a a perfect way to round off uh, International yeah. Women's Day. But also, I think we should be be quite mindful that we should use this day to be kinder to women in general. I think you know women tend to see a higher degree of online abuse and otherwise. So mm-hmm. if we have this as a start, mm-hmm. and we should we should be mindful of this each year. But I would say particularly this year. Given um, we've seen the resignation of the first minister quite mm-hmm. recently, and I mean it can't be um, denied that online abuse and otherwise has has played a, a factor.
0: No, it's not just in politics, is it? I mean, no, I mean is...
1: it's in all walks of life. Yeah. We need to be mindful in general of being mm-hmm. kinder to mm-hmm. women.
0: Mm-hmm. I I was struck. Um, I was privileged to be able to uh, chair a, a meeting at Melbourne Academy in Inverness to to the um, discussion. With uh, prominent uh, local women who came to talk to the uh, to the the young people there uh, about the the challenges and the opportunities they would faced in the world, um, and really inspired these girls. These, were, were you know very well known people that, um, in in our constituency, and and it was really striking how the the young women in the audience were being inspired by the conversation. More of that has to take place, isn't it? We? we have to hear more women's voices. Now. De- <laughs>
1: definitely. Sorry, I'm a bit grotty with the coat today. <laughs> um, no, definitely. We absolutely have to hear more women's voices. And we, I went to school in my constituency about four weeks ago, St Ninians in Kirkintilloch, and. The, a couple of the, the young women there told me that um, or asked me to join their, their feminist club and I was like I would absolutely love to but every school that I go to, every high school that I go to now, um, young women are always asking me if they should be discouraged from standing hmm. because of the abuse that women receive online The hmm. my answer to that is absolutely not, we need more women's yeah. voices. Mm-hmm to stop that abuse, and mm-hmm. to stop abuse for anyone, because it isn't just women that face it, but I would say disproportionately more so. No, mm-hmm. But we need to be encouraging more women to stand so that we have these voices in our parliaments and in our mm-hmm. our workplaces um, the, to, to stand up for others. It,
0: it, it might sound ironic, you know, you're sitting here with three men and we're talking about International Women's Day uh, with you, but it's really important the men... I was you know, just about to say, it's really important to men... Stand up and, yeah, exactly. and, and it's not be just counted. Women in this. speaking about
1: yeah. International Women's Day—that's important. We need yeah. to be hearing men's voices in this too, mm-hmm. because they—I think men telling other men not to abuse women is really important. Mm-hmm. And I think, unfortunately, so men listen to other men maybe more so than they would a women's voice. Mm-hmm. So I think we've all got a role. Each of you here has got a role to play in um, mm-hmm. in in shaping this conversation.
0: Yeah, and, absolutely. And as as you know, I mean, I I've got two daughters. You've got. Uh, daughters, two, two daughters two daughters yeah. they, they, you know it, it really strict, you can see as they're growing up the challenges that uh, that young women face when they're you know yeah. particularly when you know, they're coming into later education and going out into the world of work, when, you know they're looking at the options. Things are better, but it's by no means perfect. There's still a lot of work to be done, isn't there? Was uh, yeah. an awful lot of work still to be well, done. If you look order. at the
1: gender pay gap, we just marked yeah. the point in the calendar year where women hadn't been paid up until that stage mm-hmm. compared to their male, yeah. their male colleagues and counterparts. Was,
0: was it two hundred and sixty-six years in order to get the current rates? Yeah, I mean, it's, parent- it's absolutely parity.
1: ludicrous. And yeah. why are we sitting here in twenty twenty-three still talking about this? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's grossly unfair, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know none of us as employers should be employing. Women mm-hmm. at a lesser rate than their mere, their mere counterparts. Yeah, and uh, well, it's got
2: consequential uh, effects as well, hasn't of it? Because it, it then affects yeah. pensions yeah, and, and, and and other matters. And everything, of course, yeah. 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 And
1: um, you know, obviously, it's important that we're meeting lost women this week. We've mm-hmm. always, as as SNP um, politicians and as an SNP group, supported their campaign, and mm-hmm. now they're coming to the end of the Ombudsman investigation. It should never have got to this point. No. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely ridiculous that we're here discussing that they're at this stage, they deserve to be
3: mm-hmm.
1: getting their pensions when they were entitled mm-hmm. to, not mm-hmm. hearing years down the line that they weren't
3: getting it. Mm-hmm. So you can remember way back though, is it like 2015, 16, when we first came down here, Wasp was a, a huge issue and, and as you say, the, the SNP have been, uh, their, their record's been superb in, in supporting the Wasp women, but who would have believed in 2016 when we had those mass rallies and we had those Packed debates, debates that I've never seen as busy since uh, in Westminster Hall about Waspy. That the Tories would just brazen this out, mm-hmm. and they've they've got away with it, and it is incredible. If you look
1: at how vocal their campaign has been. It's unbelievable that the Tories have denied it up until this uh-huh. point. I mean, it's it's actually incredibly shameful that they have.
3: Yeah, and and the the the, the government have conceded just about every single point that they were wrong. They're just
0: immovable. They just won't move on it. It's it's absolutely shocking. Yeah, and they've had a long time to sort this out. One of the great things about the Waspy Women is they said they weren't going to go away. And, uh, never yeah. away. No, they, and actually, they're an inspiration in terms of being a campaign group, Um and in terms of women standing up for their rights well, to absolutely. other to other women yeah. Yeah. as well. And they've
1: tried every yeah. campaign tactic under the sun, which I think is fantastic. I had mm-hmm. a Wasp Woman stand at the same time as me in, in my seat in 2019. So they've yeah. literally. Tried every avenue, yeah. and yeah. they've they've represented their their cause as much mm-hmm. as they possibly can. So I mean, hats off to them; they've done amazingly. Oh, I think, but they're they're speaking to a government that's totally unwilling to listen mm-hmm. to them.
3: But I think what what happened was back in the day that the government never expected this group of middle aged women yeah. to be able to organise and vocalise that's and so. protest and get the, uh, the get the country on board and get the an, country understanding. What this issue was about—it was just a classic
1: um, Tory sit down and shut up yeah, policy—and yeah.
3: they didn't. And it's the last thing the Tories expected yep. was them to just keep this going. And I, it's one of the greatest political campaigns I've witnessed yeah, in my time in to politics. Them that
1: they've managed to do it. I oh mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, keep, it's pretty incredible, keep
0: doing to be it. Yeah, they've been amazing. Well, it, it's um, it's probably time for us to move on to uh, the honours situation, um, and we've obviously got. Uh, former Prime Minister's coming out of the woodwork uh, just now, uh, we, we don't know what's going to happen with well, Liz Truss when she comes forward with a raft of giveaways but we do know that Boris Johnson is coming forward with his uh, what are your initial thoughts on his plans, Brendan? out swearing
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I just suppose, before you be talk about the, the specifics of Johnson that the whole honour system is it's absurd it's corrupt. It is just, it is beyond saving. And anyone who thinks that you can go to that place and reform it from within is kidding themselves on. Mm-hmm. It's a rest home for the, for you know, party donors, for folk who lost their seat, for folk that they want to shut up and not embarrass them. It's an absolute and, and, joke I, of an old, uh, of a, an institution, it, it's and important.
0: it's unreformable. And, and it's important to understand that it's been stuffed for years by not only by the Tory Party, oh yeah, by yeah. The, the Labour, Labour party. party, and the and Lib Dems, by the Lib Dems yeah. as well. You know, you, just, you name it, they're yeah, in there?
2: Yeah, remember uh, the Lib Dems, get new, more new peers post twenty fifteen than MPs did won at the election. <laughs> 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 that's well, that's that's, a good- that's
0: great for democracy. Oh, it?
3: It, it, it's just. Fundamentally anti-democratic, unreformable, and anyone who says otherwise is either kidding themselves
0: on her or has never seen it in action. And just just before you, like, we move on to the specifics. I mean, it, it's interesting. that Labour periodically come out and say that they're going to abolish the House of Lords. I think they first started that in 1910, if I'm correct. It's also not in there. Yeah. certainly
3: in the, 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 the 1910s yeah, that uh, right. was you know abolish the House of Lords, and every now and again they they sort of dust that one down and drag it out.
0: And and, and even, even the last iteration, though, it's been rode back on already. Oh, yeah. So it was uh, an announcement about, a, uh, what, six months, a year ago or something like that. said, oh, yeah, this is something to look at. And then it became a second-term ambition, and now it's kind of disappeared yeah. into it's the It's one ether, of the
1: many yeah. times Gordon Brown's
0: brought back to life, isn't yeah. it?
3: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> a third-century ambition yeah. now, and it's just nonsense.
0: So, so we've already got a Johnson that's been put in the House of Lords. We could have another... Johnson given a knighthood because of uh, Boris Johnson's... Uh, yeah, I mean,
3: list. I mean he's, he's put his brother in there. He's now putting his... Well, wants to put his dad in there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the family business. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like... At what point... Even even those who defend the House of Lords as an institution, at what point do those who defend it think, actually, this is a huge embarrassment? This just shines a light on just how ridiculous and absurd and corrupt this institution is, we better do something about it. Mm. Or better do something about his list. Because if
0: old Stanley gets propelled in there,
3: you know, it's it, again,
0: that's a shining a light It'll, on the be, absurdity of it. He'll be joining the former KGB,
2: KGB agent. Ah, tells it, goes, it, it, it takes attention away from others that we need to be looking at. The son of the former KGB agent, mm-hmm. Lord Baroness Moen, Indeed. Yeah. You know, what's going on there? So spot, spotlight moves quickly. We, we need to remember it's a bunch of charlatans that are in there. But we've we've
0: also got the situation with this uh, honours list where we've got the Secretary of State for Scotland, I think. was it? Uh, He's often called by David Lyndon the... Uh, the Governor-General. The Governor-General, Governor yeah. We've got the Secretary of State for Scotland, Alistair Jack, who's going to become Baron Jack. Um, and uh, Leaving going... a
1: vacancy for a seat in Scotland,
0: though? But, but, but but he's not going right way. They're going no, to he's going from... the next election. Next, of... next the next election to...
1: is even more corrupt.
0: So so he's got <laughs> he's got his he's uh, place in the House of Lords, but that's going to be deferred because they don't want to have a by election. Uh, they don't want to letting... elect somebody. Um, on a democratic basis, and give people with them freezing gallery of the choice. There's
1: no political consequences for him enacting the section 35 because he knows he's got a job for life through there. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Well, the thought uh, form would had it with Baroness Davidson. Baroness Davidson or London in, Links, and all Until she decided to come down. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, I, 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 I Was it the, the excuse about being too busy, want to spend more time with family in Edinburgh? So she moves to London. Basically.
1: Yeah. <laughs> really? I, mean, I, think I, I, I think it's also worth reflecting on the huge distraction technique that mm-hmm. we saw from Tory backbenchers yesterday with the amount of applications that were in for an urgent question on the appointment of Sue Gray. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, the Speaker even called it out because he saw so many applications come in that were completely identical, mm-hmm. which wasted his time. It wasted mm-hmm. all our time debating that. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when actually it was just a distraction technique because it was the first parliamentary sitting day. From his, find, the, from his finding out that um, yeah. Boris Johnson was looking to appoint his dad,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, and of course he's facing the sit down with the Privileges Committee, which exactly. it's important to underline because this has been uh, misrepresented elsewhere that the privilege Privileges Committee is actually Tory dominated. Yeah. Uh, it has a majority of Tories in it, so when they come back with a report, they're not doing it because they they really want to, or it's a kind of political. Uh, you would think they're coming back with a report because they have to deal with the facts that are on there just now yeah. and uh, you know the facts are not good for Boris Johnson in terms of what no, he did with uh, partygate, and it's absolutely appropriate that given what that he put those rules in place at the time that that he is uh, being seen to pay the price for doing it but we'll see whether or not this place is able to live up to that yeah, but, but it all speaks ambition. to what we talked about right
3: at the very beginning about the culture war it's about Deflecting is about, you know, the dead cat. You know, look over there. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, there's other things happening over there. Mm-hmm. Don't look at what. Don't don't look at the corruption. Don't look at the you know the the handcuffed WhatsApps. You know, don't look at the fact that you know we are sending, you know, mums and children yeah. back on small boats or threatening to deport them to. Don't don't look at all that. You know, let's talk about but,
0: but, but... something different. It's just, all of these things are happening in the, under the UK Westminster setup that we have to live under in Scotland at the moment. They're, they're you know, when you look at the situation with energy as we discussed earlier, we missed the opportunity, and, and so far have been able to emulate Norway in creating what they said a better society uh, by using their resources for it. We've got an immigration system that not only doesn't fit, fa- you know, suit Scotland's needs, but is abhorrent. Uh, to utterly, most people utterly uh, immoral in Scotland and we've got this you know cronyism this uh, cash for owners, corruption That we, you know we haven't even talked about the, the fast lanes for getting Covid contracts and all the rest of it and the waste that goes on here in Westminster that we've got all this happening here and actually the, the, the big cure for that is for us to get control over our shares absolutely. absolutely just
2: absolutely. one more thing about immigration you think until Ukraine war they had a fast track system for Russians to, to pay money that's to right. accelerate yeah. getting
0: into the country. Literally
2: yeah. 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 ridiculous. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The golden ticket. Ticket. The, the, ticket.
0: The golden ticket. Well, that that's probably a good place for us to uh, to stop. The golden ticket clearly for Scotland is to get out of this place <laughs> <laughs> um, for it. But uh, can I uh, thank you, Amy and Alan, for joining us uh, on the Scotland's Choice podcast. You can. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, episode. You can find more. Uh, of Scotland's Choice at scotlandschoice.scot please join us next time thank Thank you you. thank you very much